Welcome back, y'all. So we are going to head over to the book of Job on our new trail walk journey. And the book of Job, there, it, it's not the easiest book to read. I'm not going to even mislead you on that. It is not the easiest. It is a lot of um, struggle. <laughs> um, there's a lot of questioning whether God is right and just. There's assumptions of justice. Um, they assume that good people get rewarded and bad people are punished. Um, and there's just a lot of back and forth and an emotional roller coaster as Job goes through this torrential fire that's ahead of him. So let's go ahead and get started. In chapter 1, verse 1, there once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. <laughs> I love how this starts. It's not the land of Oz, it's Uz. And um, the location of the land of Uz is actually, it's hard to determine for sure what that area is exactly. Um, it is believed to be possibly located in the area of um, Edom. And it's that would be the modern day southwest Jordan and southern Israel area. Um, it's hard to pinpoint for sure. We do know that it's a land that was far away from Israel. Um, it was all non-Israelites. And um, we know that it was fertile land that they could raise sheep and cattle, but it also seemed like it had some desert properties. When we, when we read on here, we'll see that there's winds and um, it feels like it could be somewhat of a desert as well. So wherever it was, it was a great distance from the Israel people. We know that. Um, so, okay. Verse one. So we're, we're in Uz and we've met Job and he was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels. He owned 500 teams of oxen and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants he was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their, their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations would end, sometimes after several days, so they would they'd be pardoned on from days, y'all, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. And this was Job's regular practice. He wanted to make sure not only was he keeping a clean integrity and character, but he wanted to make sure his children were cleansed. Sorry about that, y'all. It's thundering and lightning a little bit. Um, in verse 6, One day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. These are the fallen angels. And the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Um, so it's interesting that they, they refer to Satan as the accuser. And he is the accuser. He's always the one that's trying to accuse us of things. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. So Satan is the accuser, but God's the defender. Listen to how, do you hear how he explains Job? He's 
defending how Job is in, in telling of his great character. In verse 9, Satan replied to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is, but reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. So God protects and prospers. Even Satan himself claims that God protects and prospers his people. And if someone tries to accuse us, God is has our defense. God is on our defensive team. In Satan, it, which it also means the one who is po- opposed, and he is opposed to God. And what he's asking here, is Job just working the system? What would happen to his integrity if he had nothing, if you took away all his material possessions? Um, he thinks that he will lose his integrity then and, and curse God. In verse 12, all right. You may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. So God is still in control here. God is allowing this. And he's going to allow him to to test Job in this area to see. He's very confident that Job's integrity will stand even without his possessions. Because Job is blameless in and loves God with all his heart. But God still had control over the situation. He put limits on this struggle. In verse 13, One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came running up. Another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger comes running up and arrives with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. Tearing the robes is something in their tradition, in the Jewish tradition, that they um, they did that as a sign of grief, that they were they were mourning and grieving. Um, continuing on in verse 21. I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. God agreed to let Job be tested in this, in, test his integrity in this, um, but he didn't deserve it. Like, he didn't deserve this testing. But even through it all, through all his possessions, his kids are gone, everything, he still gave praise to God. He still knows that he can trust God and that God is with him. And we're going to go ahead and go on to chapter 2. So chapter 1 was a test of his possessions. That was testing what happens if you lose everything that's dear to you, your possessions, your children, um, the, the dear things that are around you every day. So that was a test of possessions. In chapter 2, it, 
chapter 2 is a test of health that we get into. Verse 1. One day the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser Satan came with them. Again, we have the fallen angels along with um, their leader, Satan. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord. I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless. A man of complete integrity, he fears God and stays away from evil, and he has maintained his integrity even though you urged you urged me to harm him without cause. So even God is saying there was no cause for for him to have this um, this torrential events happen to him. Verse four, Satan replied to the Lord, "Skin for skin, a man will give up everything he has to save his life." But reach out and take away his health, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, do with him whatever you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence, and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. So again, God allowed this test to see if he would lose his integrity and character if he lost his health. But again, God has limits. God's in control. God's allowing it, but God has his hand in limiting it and is not allowing them to take his life. In verse 8, Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. That's terrible. Like, what a horribly mean thing to say to your husband. That's not a very kind-hearted wife from what I can see here. So he's not only dealing with the loss of everything, the loss of his children. Now he has boils, but his wife's kind of being mean to him. Uh, verse 10. But Job replied, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. He remained steadfast, and even though his wife was even being mean to him about it, he refused to budge on his character and integrity, and he refused to do anything or say anything against God. Um, verse, verse 11, when three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered, they got together and traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. That was their intention anyway. Their names were Eliphaz the, the Temanite, Bildad the Shunite, Zophar the Naamite. When they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him. That's how bad his skin looked. Wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust into the air over their heads to show their grief. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights, and no one said a word to Job. For they saw that his suffering was too great for words. And that's something that I think is really important to take a side note on is sometimes it's best to just sit with people through their suffering and be silent. Sometimes there's just no words. And if these friends would have stayed silent, it would have probably been better. But eventually they do talk, which we'll see in a few chapters here. Um, but the best thing is to just sit with people through their suffering and be present and make sure they know that you are present and that you care. And just being there with them through it is better than any words you could ever say. Just showing that, that sincere care. 
And we're going to stop there today. That's the introduction to Job, kind of giving you the background story of what's going on, what's happening, how it's happening, and why it's happening. But Job and his friends don't know the why it's happening, and they're going to debate back and forth about that here for a few chapters, um, which we'll get into next. I hope you all are having a great day.